0: time to buy in, you're listening to the
1: Noble Capital Radio Hour. Now, let's start the hour.
0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour, where we explore investment strategies for the modern financial landscape. I'm your host, Chris Ragland, and with me, as always, are my esteemed co hosts, Jaden Newman and Jess Hamill. Welcome back to the airwaves, guys. Good morning. Morning, fellas. Hey, you guys, ready to do this? Man, it's the end of the year. People kind of slow down. Right about now, right? Not me. That's when I get fired up. You're just ready. To, you're ready to go buy presents and and get going. Well, I'm ready to go do something. <laughs> you're ready to take a little vacation, <laughs> exactly. maybe. All right, that sounds good. Well, you're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. We tend to address a number of wide, broad variety of topics, but we always bring it back home to a couple of things that we're known for, and that is retirement planning, real estate and private lending. If you want to know more about us and discover what Noble Capital is all about, you can find us at noblecapital.com. We're also on all of the social medias that so we're talking about, you know, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, those places. You can find us there. And I also want to give a quick shout out to those of you that have given us a couple of topic ideas in the past. Thanks for commenting on some of the stuff that we put out there and letting us know What you want to hear about. So we appreciate that and just wanted to say thanks. Also, if you're interested, you can download this entire radio show on your phone or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can find those online on iCloud, or excuse me, I guess it's Apple Play. Is that what it's called? You can tell I'm an active podcast listener, right The right, it's Sean? It's called Apple Podcasts oh, now. thanks. It yeah. used to be iTunes. That's, so our, that's our producer, Sean, over there so. giving me some education. But yeah. where else are we, Sean? I should just let you tell everybody. Oh,
1: man, we are everywhere. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. We're on a couple of other places that I probably can't put out there. There you (laughs) go, right? (laughs) Nice. We're we're everywhere. We're all. We're we're anywhere you can find us on the podcast. Where do you get your podcast? That's pretty cool.
0: Nice. Well, I appreciate that. So, all right. Listen, today we're talking about buckets. Yeah, I said buckets. Uh I know, it doesn't sound that exciting. I'll be honest with you. Buckets doesn't sound exciting. I'm not talking about the standard five-gallon bucket or the story that I could tell you that's like five minutes long about how we got the five-gallon bucket. Any takers? No one really cares. No, but we are talking about different strategies in essentially your income planning. We're talking about different buckets on how you should be diversifying Your plan, that's what we're really talking about. In fact, we've used this analogy several times about different buckets and what you should do. And it's not enough to have one really great golden bucket. That doesn't even really exist. You need a diverse grouping of different buckets where you can have different strategies. And and just to put it out there, I'm talking about different risk factors, different timing factors, different tax efficiencies, all of these different buckets. You need a combination for you to have a viable, you know, bulletproof retirement blueprint, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah. So obviously, we don't want to put everything in one bucket, no matter how great it seems, because if you lose that bucket, then we got a serious problem. Um, but to be on,
0: clear, uh, what are these buckets? These are these are vehicles, right? Each one of these, yeah,
2: either income-producing or accumulation vehicles. But it's a it's a place to park your money and have a specific purpose for that bucket. And when you've got the overall income in mind, we need to have various buckets to to provide different parts of that income and it all built up to a system.
0: So you start thinking and visualizing in your mind like compartmentalizing and that's what we're talking about buckets, you know. If you if you had water and you're going to fill up a bucket, a lot of people, I would say and we've talked about this before, unfortunately a lot of people come to us with one big bucket full of everything that they've built up over time. And and really kind of our job is to start to, you know, put that into different buckets and break that down into smaller pieces to reduce that risk but that's what we're really kind of using as an analogy here, right? Is there's a different time and place for different types of buckets.
2: Exactly. And they all tie together that, that one bucket, you know, you're going to start pouring out of it slowly and hope that you run out before it does. Um, so there's no way to predict that. So we break it up into different buckets that have different uses and run out in different ways. Some don't run out, some run out intentionally, and uh, some have a huge tax advantage by doing that. Yeah. So gentlemen, the,
3: it all it all kind of starts with defining what what success looks like, you know, when you're when you're younger and you're in that accumulation phase. A, a lot of folks and, you know, me included, I I've, I've thought this way as we as we start to talk to retirees and and we start to really work on comprehensive planning, the the goals and and the definition of success changes, but but when we're younger and we're, when we're accumulating, success sounds like just having this big huge bucket and hitting this big huge number of how much money we've accumulated been able to save or grow through investments maybe we've inherited some of it and you know there's there's a lot of people that just believe that if I could just have accumulate 2 million dollars or or maybe it's 1 million or 3 million or 5 million or or maybe you're shooting for 10 million then you've you've reached the North Star and, and and now you you you've become successful. And that's how success is defined. But when you put together a comprehensive smart money, you know, retirement plan, a roadmap, we're we're looking at measuring success in many different ways than just how much you accumulated. And you know, we that's one of the things I look forward to getting getting into on this show. We'll talk about you know success defined as how much income you're able to spend during retirement, and how much you're gonna you're able to pass on to the next generation, and how much you're able to save on taxes with with tax strategies, and you know and so on and so forth. So the 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 buckets are are another word for that would be strategies to help you hit. The, the, and define success in, in other important areas than just how much you accumulated so that you could gen, you know, then just spin that down.
0: Now, let's be clear. I would say although the vast majority of people put significant amount in like one bucket as they're kind of building up for retirement, you don't necessarily have to do that. You can start diversifying your buckets before retirement, right? You can be doing this now.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's all about preparation, and it's not about multiple buckets of the same type of bucket. It's all kinds of different buckets. They're all going to serve a purpose. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm real big in a motorcycle, so there's all kinds of individual things you can throw on a motor to try to make it better, work the heads, do a cam, do a carb. But if you don't put them all together, it's super inefficient. So it's got to be part of a, a plan, and it's got to be something that's well thought out and put together by Jaden or me because that's what we do every day, and we, we look at the entire plan, not just individual parts.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So the one of the
3: big things, you know, I, I'd say kind of the big three – are risk buckets you know we, how much money should i have in this bucket that's that's pointed at something for maybe higher growth that, that carries a little higher risk uh, v- versus how much should i have in something that's maybe a, a, a little more risk neutral and then and then how much you know should i have in something that's just guaranteed and you know bulletproof proof predictable and and then the other category would be income you know, we we can call it income buckets. We'll get into that here uh, later in the show. But a, a, a big one that that for our for our clients, they they definitely want to get into is tax buckets. You know, we put when we're talking about taxes and tax planning, the the three buckets that we like to throw out there right up front is let's look at your your taxes and back into it through income. Three buckets: income you need now. Income you need later, and income you might not ever need. So you've got, you know, we and, and when we talk about just basic tax planning, one hundred and one income we need now. Okay, it's fair to pay taxes on that now. Let, let's plan and be as efficient as possible. Income you need later, we certainly don't want to be paying taxes on that now. So we need to be thinking ahead and and absolutely building the best tax efficiency there. And then income we're going to need never should be tax-free. We should never pay taxes on that. So the discussion about taxes starts right there. And, again, we'll get into tax the, the, the quote, tax buckets m- more as we go. But this this is a big deal for our clients. Nobody wants to pay more than their fair
2: share to Uncle Sam. Yeah, nobody likes doing that. And, you know, you were talking a minute ago about success, trying to achieve a specific number. To me, the greatest measure of success in your retirement portfolio is the degree of certainty. So if I can get to where I 100% can plan out every single penny that's coming in, that's the 100% success rate as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's nice. It frees you up to to be willing, to be
3: able to be more comfortable with risks that you are going to take, or you know the the areas where there is uncertainty. Once you solve the the certainty that you need, and for some people, 100% might might look like. You know, just as you've been talking about, Jess, you've got clients that come in and say, "Look, you know, I don't necessarily need to know where where all hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year is coming from in my retirement income. You know, at every step of the way, I've got enough money to where um, I'm willing to work work the rest out kind of as we go. But but that same client definitely wants to have some portion of that certain, you know, half of it or or whatever that that security level
2: is for them. Right. At least some portion of it, at the bare minimum, your your basic needs. But, you know, Jaden coined a a term or three words a while back, confidence, lifestyle, and fulfillment. And it amazes me as we go through all these different exercises. When we circle back around, it really boils down to those three things, being able to spend our money with confidence to live the lifestyle that we want and get all the fulfillment we want in the end.
0: I like it. When we come back from break, you guys are going to actually explain to me why, with all the volatility going on, It might actually make sense to invest something with a lower return. Stick around. We'll explain that when we get back.
1: The right choice for breaking news first. Talk 1370, the right choice.
0: You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back to the show where we're discussing the value of having different strategies or buckets as we call them at Noble Capital. We're talking about creating comprehensive retirement planning solutions and really adding a level of diversity. We talked about needing different strategies for timing purposes. We talked about needing different buckets or strategies simply because... You have different needs, and everyone is unique. One of the things that we didn't talk about before we went to break is we wanted to let you know that we would like to get in front of you and meet you. Traditionally, we have dinner events where we come out. It's a little bit of a get-to-know-you. You You come talk to us and see what we do, and we put on a presentation so you see what we're all about. If you want to schedule a time and get your RSVP for one of those events, check us out online. You can go to noblecapital.com. And click on retirement, and you can see several of the events that we have that are coming up into next year. So we're looking forward to meeting you guys out there. Before we left the show, you for break there a second ago, you guys were talking about different timing aspects. Jaden used a now, later, and never kind of analogy because sometimes you need money right now to pay the bills. You know you're going to need a different set of money later for different things, and maybe even things like long term care as an example. And then you may never need some money, and you're looking at building a legacy and passing that on. I wanted to take this a different direction now and talk about different risk levels. What I've seen you guys do is program, you know, low risk, no risk, even but but also have a little bit of risk in there as well, right? So give me some examples on why inside of a retirement plan you would recommend, you know, low risk products or, or maybe some of that more high risk growth component. Where do these situations come into play?
3: Well right now, Chris the the name of the game for for retirees again which we define as folks that are either facing retirement they can see the finish line we're one three five years out uh, or people that are already in retirement minimizing risk is is absolutely the name of the game and and that's for obvious reasons it's okay to take risk we're we're, we're not the the advisors that are going to sit here and bash the stock market and try to scare you into liquidating everything and putting it in you know cds or 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 fixed annuities the there there is a place for risk and in growth in your in your portfolio but evidenced by what we're seeing happening in the stock market right now the volatility and and really we it's not like this is a surprise i mean we after you set all these consecutive records and just smash the, the the records day after day week after week. Of course, there's going to be um, some kind of correction or slowdown or leveling out. You know, it'd be great if the stock market always just went up, up and up. Everybody would be all in on it, but it doesn't grow in a linear, uh, upward f- fashion like that. It happens in trends. We talk a lot about this at our at our dinner events that Chris was talking about. Try to demystify the 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 way the stock market grows. But the point is, you're in a different phase of your life when you're entering into that retirement phase, and finding ways to de-risk is is really the name of the game. And we have clients asking us right now. It's interesting you bring it up, Chris, because there's clients that are looking for options for buckets for you, for these investments that are not correlated to the stock market, things that will still throw off a fair return, um, or maybe even have some, some nice upside potential that aren't going to take a hit when the stock market gets volatile or if it continues to slide. So for us, we as, as retirement financial advisors, we've got to bring options to the table and be able to talk through multiple strategies, and that's exactly what we do for our clients.
2: Yeah, so for me, the, the decision on how much of a portfolio should be at any given level of risk, I start with the lowest or no risk to go after the basic necessities, make sure that we've at least got the lifestyle covered, and then make a decision going forward how much risk we want to carry for the rest of it. A lot of clients will like to have their entire income plan solved with either guaranteed or super low-risk stuff. They don't want to take any chances. Nobody wants to go back to work at 70 years old. Nobody wants to make a major lifestyle change. But the, the main thing that has changed for me over the past, say, 10 years, is I've seen clients that are hitting retirement, and instead of slowing down, they're taking off. I mean, I've got clients that are generating significantly more income in retirement than we did when they were working because they're living large. They're having a lot of fun.
0: Let me ask you guys a really random question here, specifically when it talks about different buckets. We, I think you, you know, we're living in now the, I'll say this, I'm going to use a product name here, but uh, everybody will know, but the online brokerage generation, the e-trade generation. I mean, it's been, you've been able to do this for quite some time now where, you know, you don't necessarily have to go through your, your broker to trade and that type of stuff. Is there a situation with certain clients that you have where you essentially carve out a, bu- a bucket over here to the side and allow them to keep doing that themselves? If it's if it's something they've grown accustomed to and they're interested in, is that even a thing?
2: Yeah, we do that all the time. You know, the one thing that I make clear to clients when they walk in the door, the difference between my office and your typical financial advisor's office is there's an industry standard term called gathering assets. And most advisors, when you walk into their office, their goal is to gather as much of your portfolio as possible. Bring it in house, put it under management, try to turn a dollar into two. Um, I do the opposite. I want to use the least amount of your portfolio that I need to to generate the income that you need. And once we've got that satisfied, then we have a completely separate second conversation about risk level with what's left over with the rest of it because you can afford to take more risk then because you've got your needs already set up and it's just like back when you were working full time you had a job, you had income coming in, you could take a little bit more risk. If the market corrected, just kept on working and wait for it to come back.
0: So you're, you're kind of like the safety officer. I'm, I'm the right? safe office for sure. Your, your job is to come in and say like, listen, I know you've got this whole thing over here, but I'm going to manage this little aspect over here to make sure that you you don't fail. The, the, ba- the worst scenario doesn't occur. In fact... Neutral is what happens. Like you're going to be okay. Whatever your life is, like I'm going to make sure that you actually have this set together. I'm the safety officer. If you've got other assets beyond above that, we can have a different you know conversation. Maybe I can turn into like the investment advisor, you know, or you can do it on your own. But you're really the safety officer.
3: That's right. And what's what we're talking about here essentially is hedging and ensuring you know part of your portfolio part of your livelihood your family's well-being in retirement who doesn't want to hedge a little bit and and make sure that they've prudently set themselves up with at least that that critical foundation that baseline part of their portfolio so you know this this should just come as as common sense but the problem is is that you know, it changes hard. So you get set in your ways and you look up one day and realize there's the, there's the retirement, you know, uh, finish line here. I'm, I'm finishing up my career or, I'm um, you know, get, you know, transitioning out of my business and now I'm going to retire. And you haven't really set yourself up for where that, that baseline foundational um, income and, and where the resources are going to be for you. So absolutely. We, we want to have a conversation about doing that first, And then it's very empowering when you start looking at the rest of the portfolio, when you know that you've taken care of the baseline, and now it gets a little more interesting. It gets a little more excitement. That baseline, like Chris, you're saying, it it is kind of boring, and it's not real glamorous.
0: If anything, it's a little scary, right, for people to really talk about that, because they're they're trying to establish what they must have and creating a budget, maybe they've never done that before, being honest with their spouse and talking about what they need and those kinda of, it's kinda of scary when you're talking about the, the rules and regulations of the safety officer, right? Yeah. So but but then when you get to get to that other stuff, it, it gets exciting all over again.
2: I think the baseline is different for everybody. And one of the things that I propose to clients, which has made them kinda of stop and wonder, is what is the lowest level of lifestyle that you're willing to live and not be miserable? Let's at least solve at minimum for that. Anything above that, if it goes horribly wrong, at least you're down to the, the lowest that you're, you're willing to live. But can you imagine being 80 years old and fairly healthy and running completely out of money? You've got nothing but Social Security. I mean, how horrible is that? That's Yeah, that's, that's just completely unnecessary.
3: And one of the big questions we get, you know, Sean, our, our producers in this section was wanting us to kind of answer for the audience, how much of your portfolio should be low risk? This is a question we get all the time. And, you know, that's really a loaded question. I mean, the first first question is, well, wh- how old are you? Who are you? You know, if you're 35, we're going to have a different conversation than if you're 55 or 65. But again, assuming we're talking to our clients, okay, retirees facing or in retirement, that the answer to that, the beauty of our process is we back into that by doing this exercise that we're talking about right now. Well, the answer to that lies in, going through this analysis of setting your, your portfolio in buckets that are based on your goals and your preferences, your security levels. And once we fill that security bucket, that, that baseline where both, both um, spouses, if you're a couple are are happy with that and, and are going in with their eyes wide open, then it, it effectively answers the question, how much should we have at risk? Well, Once we've met those security levels, then we can talk about risk and we can talk about it without the pressures or insecurities that
0: lay behind. You know, I just heard you say low risk and high risk. What about hybrid risk? We got some hybrids. Stick around. We'll be right back.
1: And now, back to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome
0: back. If you're just joining us, we're discussing income buckets or strategies as it relates to your retirement. And that's what we're all about here at Noble Capital. We really, really dive into various strategies that we incorporate into your retirement plan. We're talking about the blueprint that you walk away from when you leave our office. If you want to know more about us as a company, you can check us out at noblecapital.com. We've also got all the social media accounts up there, so you can suggest topics, comment on topics, or like we'll do in the uh, next segment here coming up, when we have to come up with a ridiculous summary of our entire show, we get quoted online for those too. So we've had some pretty clever ones in the last couple of weeks as Jess has joined us as a regular host on the show. Jess has been been really great having you on here. I've, I've now got two people in the room that know what they're talking about so that's good. I'm, I'm not talking about myself that was, that was you. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate, I'm having
2: a lot of fun with it. I, since I replaced Romney though I want to start being the one to cheat on the on the Sean of Lope,
0: Right yeah well that's why Sean's in here now. We got rid of all the cheating uh, for all of our little quiz action in the I've, fourth segment.
1: I've stopped putting it on paper now oh, it only lives in my head. That's <laughs> great. News. So there is no cheating. It's <laughs> scary place.
0: Right with all the other silent
1: voices. <laughs> that's right. That's
0: okay that's good. <laughs> nice. Well listen I, I kind of left us right there hanging like a cliffhanger right at the last segment because we talked about low risk and high risk and no risk, but there's actually hybrid vehicles out there too. So whenever you're building a portfolio, yeah, I think it's really important that we establish that baseline as the safety officer would. And then you talk about other stuff, but there's actually hybrid vehicles out there that produce maybe a, a, a return that is higher than you would normally associate for the level of risk that you're having to take. And and of course, we're talking about alternatives, right? So give me give me some rundown here, guys on what, what are the types of alternative investments that we do? And, of course, everybody knows what my favorite alternative investment is. Of
2: course. So that's, that's kind of the safe-slash-exciting category, the best of both worlds, like riding a motorcycle but with a helmet on. So a hybrid asset or hybrid investment is something that's not guaranteed but you have a tangible asset to back it up. It's most likely not ever going to be worth nothing. It's always going to be worth something. So it carries some degree of risk. You have the excitement that goes along with that, of uh, being able to play a little bit on the returns, but typically you'll get uh, the potential for a higher return than the guaranteed totally safe stuff.
0: Right, got it. So, yeah, when you're looking at some of the traditional talking head investments, and I'm referring to stocks, yeah, from a percentage standpoint, when a stock a stock can crash pretty quick, and we've all seen it happen, and you can literally, literally lose half or more of the value of these things overnight, and certainly over a very short period of time. Man, what a roller coaster ride. I, I can't imagine anyone wanting to have significant exposure, especially on a single stock basis when you're looking at retirement. It's like, man, this is just not working out for me. But when you're talking about a hybrid vehicle has some form of tangible asset to it that it's not going away overnight, right? It's not going to see a massive market shift, and it's going to still be able to yield significant returns.
2: Right. So the most obvious one would be precious metals, gold, silver, stuff like that that. The, the price varies, but you've still got something to back it up. But I think the ones that we're the most excited about is real estate. We have, uh, you know, time and time again, we come back to real estate. We're able to incorporate that into our clients' portfolios in a way that's still very, very safe, but it's more exciting. It's sexier. It gives you a little bit better return and the market would have to crash significantly over a very short period of time for you to get into trouble the way we structure the stuff.
3: That's great, Jess. And, you know, re- real estate is is our first love here at no- Noble Capital uh, back in 2002 it's where we started is figuring out how to leverage Texas residential real estate a, as an investment and generate a return and it's taken it's taken a while you know to to dial in that asset as simple as it might might seem to just you know go out and buy rental houses or buy residential real estate in Texas as an investment it seems like well shoot that you know at first glance that that is a great investment you know the Getting it to a a level where we as a company can can manage these investments and, and underwrite them and fully understand them from from soup to nuts all aspects of these these projects um, that's that's taken some time but I can tell you that after 17 years being involved in, in real estate investing in Texas we've got a, an amazing program that really sets us apart and and we're very proud to talk to our clients about real estate we understand it's not for everybody. But at least two-thirds, a majority of our clients, participate in real estate investing with us. And I think it's, it's one of the best things about our, our, our program is that we, we can actually talk real estate with you. So if you're a, a real estate investor, if you like real estate, if you're curious about it, if you're not sure how to get involved, and especially if, if you believe, like we do, the, the, the special uh, nature of the Texas real estate story – we're we're right here in the middle of it. We're right here in this in the heart of Texas. We've been doing this for 17 years and we're able unlike most financial advisors to guide and 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 plan and strategize around real estate for one of those buckets in our clients portfolios.
0: And let's be clear, we're not actually talking about despite the name of it tangible real estate from the traditional sense. We're not going out and buying property with you and necessarily, or, or building property. We're talking about private lending, right? Which is, is kind of a still relatively unknown thing. I find it consistently people go, Oh, I just still don't understand. What is that? Uh, How are, how are you a lender? Are you a bank? You know? And I say, well, it functions like a bank. It, It sure feels like a bank. And, you know, it probably was the, the kind of thing that, you know, Uh, people thought of as lenders before banks came to be, right? A lender was simply someone that just had more money and was able to provide it to you for some purpose, and then you put up some form of collateral, right? That's just really, really fundamental basic stuff here. That's what we're talking about. And we do it in an asset class, real estate, that people understand. We do it actually specifically in single-family residential property, which, and there's a reason for that too. It's because guess what? Everybody needs a place to live, right? Uh, so it's not you know speculative in nature, like, what are you going to do with this? And and I'm trying to develop this piece of property over here, and maybe it'll be this or that. No, no, we're talking about a house. Someone's going to live in it. That's right. Right, And we're giving a loan on the property. And, and, man, boy, could we dive deep on this in terms of how that removes risk because there's so much less risk when you're a lender as opposed to being a property owner. There and, is. And so we've even seen that. you got people that come in with portfolios of real property, and we'll convert that and become a lender just to reduce their risk.
3: Yeah, it's easy to, to have the conversation with our landlord clients that have bought real estate before. And when you're doing lending on real estate, specifically private lending, and like us, uh, we're very conservative. We only lend 70 cents on the dollar, 70% loan to value. I was looking at some numbers this morning.
0: Um, and it's and as a portfolio, a match, it's right? it's even less. I think
3: we're averaging right. under sixty five. That's right. It's about sixty five right now. But just at a fundamental level, fellas, if if you know if our listeners can get you know get their mind around this, we're essentially by lending at sixty five cents on the dollar, we're basically signing up to buy that property at sixty five or seventy cents on the dollar. Now we we want the the, the borrower to perform and do well because we don't want to have to take that property, in in you know take over their project but of course we will if they default but the, the idea here is is to see them be successful and keep coming back to the well and together let's go improve the community and, and, and let's make money together it should be a win-win but Ultimately, I mean, w- wouldn't you agree we're we're buying real estate at 70 cents on the dollar when we're lending on, on real estate?
0: Yeah, least. and I, I like to compare it to people because I say we do real estate investments. And the first thing that people come to mind, and then I'm like, but it's only in single family. They're like, oh, rental property. It's a very, right, the landlord guy. So if you're, if you're a landlord out there, listen up. This is it. When you are a landlord and you're going to go buy a property, let's say you're going to buy a $250,000 house, which would definitely be on the affordability side nowadays in, in most of the major markets. When you buy it that day, what are you in that property for? You're in it at $250,000, right? That's your exposure. As a lender, and to Jaden's point, we're only talking about lending 65, max, 70 cents on the dollar, right? So there's a significant amount of protection that is created right there at day one. And we're not gonna break this down and give you all the components of it, but if you're a landlord and you're buying property just to turn into cash flow, you're at 100% risk on day one. When you're a private lender, you're at 65 or 70 cents on the dollar. And one thing to elaborate
2: on that, because I have these discussions with clients all the time, um, when you put it into this perspective, it makes a whole lot more sense. These are interim short-term loans. So they're eight to 11 months. If we go in at 65 or 70 cents on the dollar, then the Texas real estate market has to crash 40 or 35% almost overnight over a very short period of time before we even approach a point to where we're a little bit upside down. And that's not something that happens here at all. We, we put a lot of thought into the underwriting, make sure these are good, solid, secure loans. We don't want to own real estate. We want to loan money on real estate. So we, we have all of the uh, motivation to make sure that everything goes well and everybody makes money, and we don't wind up with the property.
0: Yeah, and that's why it's a. this is a hybrid mm. product for your clients, your retirement clients. You're talking about something that is tangible. You're not even at it at 100 cents on the dollar when you get into this. There's a lot of other benefits, too, because – we make these investments, these loans through funds, which means you're you're also, the risk is spread across enormous amount of other property with other investors like yourselves. So you get this, you know, it's just like a mutual fund, right? Like you don't buy individual stocks unless you are actually an analyst and you know what you're doing. You buy a fund. Why do you buy that? For diversification. Same thing happens. And guess what? You can do it in private lending as well. So it's like you start layering on benefit after benefit after benefit and then you get a pretty nice return. So that's the other half of the hybrid, right? You're getting a good return.
2: Right. And remember, the mutual fund, there's all kinds of fees, and there, there are other things that don't pertain to the way we do it here. So when you're in the fund, you've got a stated rate. That's the rate. There's no fees on top of that.
0: Right. You're not getting capital gains on this. This is this is income, right? So you can actually put this inside of an income uh, plan, right? Oh, we do
2: it all the time, yes. It's one of the four asset classes that we, we put to play. The, uh, the, the income is generated on a K-1 which does not necessarily a big benefit for everybody. But if you have some passive losses that you can't offset anywhere else, this is a passive gain that will offset that. So there's a tax play on it too for some people.
0: That's a big one. Jess just, just dropped a nugget right there. I'm not sure if our listeners picked up on that. If you have passive losses in your portfolio and you're looking for a strategy right now to do some matching using the matching principle... You got to come in, you got to talk to us. So that, that was a nugget. That was a big one. I don't know if we were prepared to drop that on the air, but that, that was a big one right there. Cause that's, this is it's hard. It's actually hard to find that passive income to match up, to take advantage. I see clients all the time that tell me, man, I just have this massive passive loss over here. That's just going to go away. And I'm like, no, no, no. You could actually match that with income that can take advantage of that loss so that you're not paying taxes on that income. So there, there's a lot to consider here. A lot of really great advantages in this hybrid vehicle.
3: So, Jess, as we had a couple more minutes here in this segment, you, we, I'm I'm just curious when, when you tell clients about real estate as a financial advisor, uh, it's almost um, it's it's interesting that it's so unusual and so unheard of for a financial advisor to to just deliberately talk real estate. But if you, you've got this private lending option for them, if if they like it and they they want this to be part of their portfolio, it's not correlated to the stock market. You can make six to nine percent interest, depending on on how much you invest. What 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 do you get? Uh, I'm just curious about reactions or or the, or the types of clients that that show interest in this type of thing. I know I know I've had a lot of experience with it, but you know you're you're on the front lines, meeting with with clients every day. And this, the the response for our listeners, and maybe they can help
2: identify a little bit as you, you articulate that. Yeah, of course. So ironically, the one thing I get more than anything else is too good to be true. Um, people don't understand how the money can come in at that kind of a rate. They don't understand why it can be loaned out at that kind of rate, why it can be that steady. But the first question is always, hey, that's great because the market's cranking right now and Austin's doing great, but what do you do when the Austin real estate market goes down? And my response is the same to everybody. We, we still make money. We're not, we're not relying on the market. This is not about the value of the home. This is about lending money. People always need a place to live, whether the market's up or the market's down. We have another 2008. Everybody just shifts down one socioeconomic scale and we get down to rental properties. And, and either way, there's still people taking advantage of the fix and flip scenarios and making money off of it. And where do they come to get the money? Right here. That's interesting.
0: That's pretty good. I haven't heard him give that little spiel in a while, so that's always fun. I'm just sitting over here smiling, being like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we do. And then, yeah, okay, we got that too. It's true, even in a, an economic downturn in real estate, you can make money. In fact, uh, you know, my experience as being a career real estate investor has seen that more money by the right people is often made in the downturn than in an up right now. So like right now, th- the tide is high a lot of people can make some money but the guys that are prepared that really know what they're doing they make the big bucks you know when the tide goes out right
3: absolutely and i would just encourage you if you're listening to this and you're interested in this whole fix and flip you know real estate investing listen up we're gonna come on we're gonna be right back and have our last segment and we'll we'll tell you how to get a hold of us and engage with us
0: yeah i tell you what when we do come back in the last segment we're doing something new and i really like this it's called tales from the trenches (laughs) (laughs) stick around we'll be right back
1: Listen to your favorite shows. Keep up with the latest breaking news and more anytime at talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Once again, this is the Noble Capital
0: Radio Hour. And we're back. If you just tuned in, we've been talking about essentially multiple income streams or strategies or buckets. We talk about having different buckets because your objective as an individual, when you're building your assets under management for yourself, like your own little mini business, is to fill up these different buckets. And all too often, we see people focused on just one big pile of cash or one bucket. We're talking about separating those because as you move into retirement, you need different strategies. You need different risk factors. You need different income streams. You need different tax vehicles. You need different long-term care vehicles. These are all financial strategies that you should be incorporating into your plan. So that's what we're doing today. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio and I'm your host, Chris Ragland. You can check us out at noblecapital.com. And if we struck a chord with you today and you find this interesting, you can actually click on retirement and look for one of our dinner events that we host. We host those events so that we can get to know you, but more importantly, so you can get to know us to make sure that we're right for you. So check that out. We'd love to see you in person. All right, guys, I'd love to hear a little bit of a story here. We're doing something new now. It's called Tales from the Trenches. I got two advisors sitting in here, and you guys have met with countless clients over the years. So let's talk about it today. I'd love to hear an interesting use case or a client story that you've had with respect to different income buckets. Jess, you want to kick it off? Sure. Um, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought
2: about this case for a while until you brought this up, and I'm trying to think what is a really unusual bucket that got set up for a specific purpose. And I relayed to this one quite a bit. I had a, a couple that came in here. They were, it was kind of weird. They, they argued a lot in the uh, session. I actually got up and I so was playing
0: out. therapist a little yeah, too. Yeah, kind right? of. I was hey. getting up
2: and letting them argue. I'd go out and then come back. <laughs> um, but one of the things this guy was really into was motorcycles. That's why we related so much. And apparently he was spending quite a bit of money on modifications, accessories, et cetera, and so on. You and, have no, you couldn't, you know, oh, you couldn't, couldn't relate that. at all. Yeah, okay. exactly. oh, yeah. um, so they were arguing over it and we decided after we got the income plan put together and had everything set up and going, we took a hundred thousand dollars and put it into the fund with the agreement from him, our real her, estate fund you're and, talking about, right? Our real estate fund. Okay. Um, she was convinced that they could get 1% in the bank. We tried to convince her that's not the case, but he said, I'll, I'll sacrifice the 1%. So we put a hundred grand in the fund, 1% of that, that came back out went back into savings and the rest of it he got to spend on motorcycle parts so it was a way for him to park some money that they didn't need park it safely generate a respectable um you know return on it still make more money than they would in the bank, and he had himself a built-in allowance for motors like it, That's
0: great, man. That's so great. Uh, let me, I, how long ago was that case?
2: Uh, it was the beginning of last year because it was right during the winter. The, the, we always tear them down during the winter when you can't ride, so I right. like Februaryish.
0: That's pretty great, man. What a cool story. I almost want to ask you, uh, has he put more money in the fund? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he has not. I think he's doing pretty well.
0: Because <laughs> yeah. I would. After getting a nice return and socking away that 1% for savings, that'd that's be cool. uh, <laughs> Well, they actually
2: had quite a bit of money in the fund already just as part of the plan. Oh, but this, this was, was his allocation yeah. for – after we were motorcycle. totally done with the income plan and everything set up, this was a separate vehicle that he set up just to generate money for his motorcycles.
0: Man, how cool is that? That's really neat. That's a great it's compromise. A great
2: Kept mama happy, too. Yeah. What a great place to be in life where you can afford to do that, too.
3: That right. is cool. So that's a great example. You know, Jess, you were talking about lifestyle, confidence, and fulfillment. And the story that comes to mind for for me when we talk about you know bucket strategies is... On that first appointment, appointment, when a when a client comes in to visit with us and just kind of size us up to see if if they feel like we're a fit, and of course, you know we're doing the same thing candidly, and we're we're really digging deep to understand what what are you here for and what what are your goals, what are we trying to accomplish? And I like to focus on lifestyle. You know what 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 are we what are we trying to do in retirement? What have you been working hard for your whole life? And then let's let's put a let's quantify that let's put a cost uh, that we can associate with this lifestyle. And for this particular couple, their dream was always to sell the ro- the world to actually go sailing around the world. And their lifestyle in retirement was going to be around that, around selling. And they had gone as far as putting together a budget specifically for what it was going to take to maintain the boat, to to dock the boat in, in different ports. Um, the fuel, and you know, the entertainment, and the food, and so on, and so forth, and their 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 whole focus right up front was how are we going to fund that lifestyle, um, and essentially with confidence, which we talk a lot about. How can we do this with confidence, so that we can go out and do what we want to do? So the the strat- the first thing we solved, and this wasn't the entire plan, but the first thing they wanted to solve was was the answer to that to that equation, that riddle. And it for for them it, it was going they they had whittled it down and it was gonna take approximately fifty five to sixty thousand dollars a year just to operate the the sailboat, the and that you know to, to be able to, to to do it in the in the lifestyle that they wanted to do it, which by the way, they were very frugal, very smart with their money and, and that fifty five to sixty thousand dollars was going to go a long way. So long story short, we solved that with income planning specifically around that dream. And and then we check the box on fulfillment for them because now they know they can go out and do that with confidence. So the rest of the conversation then was now, how do we wisely protect the money and grow the money, tax strategy, long-term care, health care, and so
2: on and so forth.
0: And how they check their account online while they're in the boat, right? That's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's really cool, Jane. Those are, those
2: are the fun cases. I like having fun with them. Every those now and then get with something that's very specific and you really see somebody that's rewarded with uh, what we can do for them.
0: Yeah, and where do we mail their statements? Send me a postcard. <laughs> Send right? me a postcard, that's all we want to see. Well, that was great, those are really good stories, guys. You know what, it's time to play, put your money where your mouth is, so this is essentially where we have to come up with a phrase to sum up this week's episode. Sounds simple? Not so much, especially now that we have Sean at the helm. So, Sean, you got to give us the rules for today's episode. What do you got? All right, guys. Sum up today's episode in six words, but you can't use the word bucket or anything that rhymes with it. All right, let's do it.
1: Guys are racking their brains trying to put this one together. I just want to remind you that you can learn more about us at Noblecapital.com. Check us out on Facebook at Noble Capital, on Instagram at Noble Capital Radio, and you can download every episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, well, we're gonna do this now. So we got a couple of minutes here. So this was no more rhyming. You know, we, we got pretty good at rhyming, Sean. So you kind of threw me for a loop on this one. But you know what? I'm gonna go with my little theme that I created earlier today, which was the safety officer. So here's mine in six words exactly: is always trust your financial safety officer. Perfect. I, I mean, like that. You know, if yeah. you're gonna be setting up your buckets and you need to do that, bring on the it's the safety the content officer. Content of this episode perfectly. All right, I like it. That was pretty good. Okay. Which one of you guys want to go next? I'll go because mine's lame. <laughs> all right, <laughs> safe, efficient,
2: tax-free income streams.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. It's good, it's kind of like a list.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's get bullet pointed, maybe. Yeah. All right, let's we'll see what Jaden's got. Jaden's usually got some pretty good ones, so let's see if he can bring the fire today.
3: This is a good one that we all need to be reminded of, and in, in six words, I think the I think the question is: so it's just going to be live to work, work to live.
0: Hey, question, mark. question Yo, mark? What are you doing? What are we doing? No kidding! Man. I like it. No kidding! Yeah, that's perfect. That is, and yeah. that kind of hits at home too. I've seen some people that do that. They they literally they're just out there living, and it seems like they're working just to to do that. You know. That can be tough. So, all right, I won't go down that road too hard. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We really enjoyed bringing you this content. Again, if you have any ideas or suggestions for what we're going to be covering in the future, we'd love to hear from you. And one of the ways you can do that is on our social media. Again, you can find us at noblecapital.com. We hope today's topic was valuable to you. If it wasn't, well, we brought it to you anyway, so that's got to be worth something. But it's been great talking to you guys today. I'm Chris. I'm Jaden. I'm Jess. And this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour.
1: All opinions expressed by the speakers on this radio program are solely the opinions of those speakers and do not reflect the opinions of noble capital, acute financial, streamlined funding, or their respective affiliates. Each speaker's opinions are based upon information the speakers believe to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Each speaker's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. The information discussed on this radio program is provided for general informational purposes only, does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you, and should not be construed as investment, legal, tax, or other advice on any subject matter. Information discussed in this radio program is not intended and should not be viewed or construed as a recommendation, advice, offer, or inducement to buy, sell, or hold securities, insurance products, or any other financial products. Before acting on any information discussed in this radio program, you should seek appropriate financial, investment, and other professional advice based on your particular facts and circumstances. Current or past performance is not indicative of future results. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed on this radio program. No outcome or profit is guaranteed. Any transmission of information through this program is provided on a non-confidential basis and does not create an or client relationship between you or anyone of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, or Streamline Funding. Some information provided in this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. Such information is included solely as a convenience to you, and the provision of such information does not imply a responsibility for such third-party information or an endorsement of the linked site, its operator, or its contents. Acute Financial and Streamline Funding are both wholly owned subsidiaries of Noble Capital. Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, and or their respective affiliates and principals, which may include the speakers and guests featured in this radio program, may receive compensation from the sale of financial products featured in this program. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is strictly prohibited without the prior written permission of acute financial, noble capital, and streamlined funding.